Morning, church. Scripture is going to be taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Good morning, church. Um, I think I'm going to have to have a, a talk. Jeff's going to have to uh, help me with some of the formatting, because I know the last time my red, white, and blue was not correct, and I guarantee you that I doubled the font size, and uh, it's, it, it looks very small. So we've got a compatibility issue between uh, my version of PowerPoint and what's sitting on, uh, what's sitting on, the, uh, on the computer in the sound room. Tell Wren that I'll, I'll get her other shoe if she needs me to. She, she got it off already. Um, we're going to start a we're going to start a series um, that uh, that we believe is is uh, not only very important but very timely um, for uh, for for the church for this congregation for us as, as individuals. We're going to look at um, and, and even though it's something that we're all familiar with, it is something that needs to be revisited from time to time so that we really understand the, the urgency of, of the message that, uh, that Paul has here in Ephesians chapter 6, the, the idea of, of the armor of God um, and, and what it really entails, um, and, and the idea of the fullness of it, the, the idea that we need to be, um, that we need to have it impressed upon our minds again the necessity of having the entire outfit um, that he talks about here that in order for us to be able to stand in order to be, in order for us to be able to withstand um, the schemes of Satan the attacks of Satan that we need to be fully clothed with all of these attributes and so we're going to take some time over the next several weeks and and look at look at these these the different pieces, the design of it, and the reason behind why each one is called out separately. Um, and, and so, as we look, as we look at it, um, and, I, and I told Steph, you know, I had a, a brief flashing idea of each week putting something on, but eventually I would end up as a distraction. Uh, by the time I got a helmet on, um, you know, like the night that we have there at the house in the basement, and, and of course, as soon as I thought about putting that helmet on, my mind immediately went to um, the Holy Grail with Monty Python, right? You knew I was headed there, Ray? Uh, yeah, <laughs> got Jeff in the back um, popping his head. That, that was from the scene with the, with the French, but then I would end up um, doing the, the Black Knight at the, at, the, at the bridge saying, none shall pass. So I decided not to do that, um, but we might, we might do some other things. But the reason, 
is I believe it's important to have the visual. To have that visual, that, that imagery that uh, Paul paints um, is the imagery of a soldier that is outfitted for battle. And the reality of battle is that it is for life. It is life and death. You know, soldiers don't meet in the arena of battle. They don't meet on battlefields uh, to exchange numbers and pleasantries. Soldiers meet to kill or, or be killed. And so the picture that Paul paints for us should be one that we take extremely seriously, that we need to be outfitted with all of these things because our enemy is coming for us. And not just, not just the, the, the physical aspect, but the, the mortal or the immortal aspect, that, that spiritual, that eternal piece of you and me, that which resides within us is what Satan is after. He is, he is after souls. Um, and so Paul tells us, tells his readers, that you need to be equipped with all of these things. Not just some of them. You don't cherry pick it. Um, not a little bit here, not a little bit there, not part of this. But you have to be outfitted with all of it in order to be properly outfitted for the battle that is, that is ensuing. And so he says... Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of, of his might. And so, you know, he, right out of the gate, he's, he's telling us to rely upon, to put on and rely upon the strength that is in Christ Jesus, in his mightiness, in his, in his power. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, or war, depending upon your translation, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I don't want to get bogged down on here because there's, there's many different thoughts uh, and lines of thinking on this. Uh, from, from one end that, that there's absolutely nothing to do with, with the flesh um, to, you know, to where you know, it, it is entirely all spiritual. And I've got different thoughts on that um, than probably you know, a, a lot sitting uh, here today. Uh, be, because we do have to deal in the physical world. We do have to deal with, with physical individuals. We have to deal with... Um, Governments, We have to deal with authorities, with powers that are here on earth. And, and to me, what, he's, what I think he's really trying to get across is to understand what is behind all of this. And, and what is behind all of this is Satan and his demons and, and evil. Evil is behind all this. It is manifested through man. You know, Jesus dealt with um, and had discussions with. Uh, and combated, if you will, at times with the Pharisees and the scribes. Um, the, the prophets of old did. Um, the, the, the early church did. I mean, the, the church, the early church was under persecution by, by Rome, right? We know all the atrocities that was brought upon the people. But he wants us to understand that we need to be outfitted with, with spiritual 
weapons. Because at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the battle is being brought by evil spiritual forces uh, to, to, to our doorstep, to our lives, and we need to have the right weaponry to be able to combat it, to be able to stand uh, firmly against it. And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, right? So not just put it on, but use it. Take it up. Take it up like you are ready for combat, right? It, it is not a passive situation. It is an active situation that we have to take these things that we're given, these tools, and actively use them in our lives in order to be able to withstand what, what is coming. And so that's what, that's what we're going to look at. Um, so he says, therefore, stand, having fastened the belt of truth, um, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now the belt, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. The, 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 the belt of truth. And... Um, and when you look at, yeah, that's, that's a, about as good a picture as I, could, as I could get. The idea of the belt, fastening this belt, and he starts with this. Now, obviously, when, you're, when you would be putting on these things in the order of getting dressed, that wouldn't necessarily be the first physical thing that one would put on. But again, this is imagery, and he wants us to know that we have to start with this idea of, of truth. And what I want us to think about for the next little bit and to take with us today is the idea that it is more than just accuracy, right? More than just accuracy. Jenny was talking about in class today, she was referencing, um, I'm pointing to her, but she's not there, but we'll make believe she's sitting right there. The idea of, she was in a, a, a message room and folks got to arguing and getting ugly with, with, with one another. And oftentimes that happens when you're dealing with, with matters of, of accuracy. Uh, and, and accuracy is important. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in being accurate um, and, and being, being correct with regard to the scriptures. But it's more than just accuracy. When we look at this idea of of the, the belt of truth. It's more than just accuracy. It's more than just the idea of splitting hairs with regard to doctrinal matters. Um, it goes to the heart of who we are, whose we are, and in whom we believe. It, it's, go, it's going to take us to Jesus Christ. And so the idea of the soldier, though, the belt did many things. The belt would, depending upon the particular soldier, the particular outfit, the belt would hold the garments in, in tight um, and would keep, keep the garments, loose garments, from, from getting in the way, from getting snagged on things, uh, from getting tangled up in the legs and, and in the arms. It, it would hold those in. It would also help secure the, the breastplate, right, the, that would pr protect the, the, the vital organs. Uh, it would hold that uh, in place. The... The belt also, right, allows a place for the sword to be stored until the moment that the sword needs uh, to be drawn. It, and so it also then frees the other hand, right, to hold a shield. And so it is multifaceted, the belt is, with regard to what it, what it does in the overall 
establishment of the, of the armor that, that one is wearing. And so um, he starts with the idea of, of putting on that, that belt. The, and, and, and there's a lot that is, if you go look, there's a ton of, of information out there about it, a, a lot of uh, pontification that continues to go on. But, but it is the starting point of where we have to be. Without the belt of truth, we don't have a foundation for our armor. We, we don't have a foundation for um, our, our belief system. We don't have a foundation for um, our ability to be able to stand against those forces that are coming after us. So we're going we're gonna to look at a little bit um, in, in the Old Testament because the idea of, of truth, there are places where it refers to accuracy, but there are places where it is beyond just the idea of accuracy. It, it, it goes to the characteristic and the being of, of God, of Christ, uh, of, of the Spirit. And so the psalmist tells us in Psalms 25, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. And so here David, I believe, has a, has a, a clear understanding of the idea that, that the truth is beyond just accuracy. It, it goes to the nature of, of God and that which provides salvation, that which provides hope. Because as we know and as we've discussed, we're all on the journey and the, and the end destination is, is heaven. But our walk, our walk as we move there, right, is to encompass a life of, of quality, a, a life that is representative uh, of God, of the calling for which we've been called, right? A life that is worthy, a life that is a witness to those around us. And in order for that to occur, right, we have to be steeped in the truth of God's nature uh, and, and His being. Isaiah tells us, he says, in that day, and he's talking about, right, Israel, the remnant, that, that remnant, that idea of the people of God, right, we, we all are familiar with that idea of the remnant, right? From the entire cloth, there is a remnant of, of the faithful, right? Those which are truly the children of Abraham, the children of, of faith. Those that believe in God and Christ, right? And are his spiritual people. And so Isaiah is, is bringing that to mind as he says this. In that day, the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no more lean on him who struck them, but will lean on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in, in truth. Right? In truth. And so he, he, he paints, he continues to paint the picture for us that there is this, this existence, this being, right? This, this quality that is truth. That is more, you'll hear me say it over and over before I'm done today, but it's, it's more than just accuracy, right? It is something greater. It is, it is ultimately 
the, the Christ. John, and we're going, to spend the, we're going to spend the remainder of our time, I think, in, in John. Um, and, and I want to back up, because uh, Jay wanted me to add some stuff in um, that I didn't have slides. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did not. Um, but but as, I, as I thought about it, for, for the full context, um, it is, it, it is uh, worthy of the entire section of Scripture here in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and we all know that is, that is Christ. All things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And this, this is important as well, the witness of John. Because John witnesses to the truth, and it's important to understand what he's saying. He says, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightened every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him, and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And so, John is bearing witness. John, and, and we know of Christ, it's said, the scriptures bear witness, the prophets bear witness. John bears witness. God bore witness. The acts of Christ himself bore witness to who he was. And so John is telling us here that he is bearing witness to truth that, that Jesus brings. And again, it's not, it's not simply accuracy truth. It is the life of Christ. It is the message of Jesus. It is the gospel of hope that is the truth that he, that he brings, that he brought. Right? That, that message of reconciliation is the idea of, of the truth. And, and, and so when Paul tells us 
that we need to fasten, not just, not just put on, but fasten, attach, and secure the belt of truth that that begins with the idea of, of putting on Jesus Christ, letting Jesus Christ uh, into our lives, right, to be, the, to be the king of our lives, uh, that we might then bear witness to what he has done and to who he is. And so, <clears throat> very important to understand that it is beyond simply um, accuracy, that it's, that it's beyond simply the idea of, of being academically correct uh, with regard to um, a, a scripture, right, to, to the exegesis of, of scripture. You, you, you could be sound in your exegesis, but you could still miss the truth and the message of Jesus. You, you could still miss that embodiment of him. And so we must first fasten around our lives, right, the truth that is Jesus Christ. A couple of, couple of more uh, examples of it as, as, as we begin to hear Jesus talk about him, himself here. And this is the story in John 4, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, right? <clears throat> and the Samaritan woman, we know that story, we should, right? She's at the, at the well of Jacob uh, in, in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, by herself, um, presumably because she's uh, been ostracized socially because of, of her situation with regard to the, how many times she's been married and the fact that she's uh, living with a man at this point in time. Uh, and, and Jesus strikes up a conversation with her and begins to talk to her about water and, and trying to bring her along to discuss um, or the, you know, the, the, the deeper things of life, um, of, of the spiritual realm. And, and he eventually brings her to a point to where she wants to talk about worship, right? Because when, when Israel was divided, when we had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, right? The northern kingdom uh, turned to idols, and, and, and built idols, and they built temples to idols, because you know, they didn't have, they no longer had access to uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem, and so, and so they took it upon themselves to build, to build other temples, and, and then fell into idolatry, as did the, the, the southern kingdom eventually. And so that left a lot of, a lot of uh, disconnect, it left a lot of bitterness, it left a lot of criticism. We talked about judgment this morning and slander uh, in class. But there was a great rift between um, the, the Samaritans and the Jews, right? A great, they, they, they felt that they were a despicable people up north, that the Samaritans, and when I was younger, I used to hear the term half-breed. It wasn't that they just were considered half-breeds. Uh, they, were, they were considered an idolatrous, unworthy people because of, of what they did, even though the southern kingdom evidently forgot about their sins and trespasses, but they held that against these people. And what it did, right, what it did, don't miss this. Well, you can't because I'm going to point it out, right? It, it, it created a divide to where they didn't feel like they had access to God, that they, they didn't have access to this Messiah. We, we, hear, you know, we hear that there's a Messiah coming, but they don't have access to it. And so they've been, they've been pushed aside and, and by a people, right, 
somewhat denied the idea of that hope that everyone needs in Christ Jesus, that they, that they yearn for, whether they realize it or not, they yearn for it because we are created in God's image and, and the soul, our soul seeks reconciliation with him. But they, they, felt, they felt cut off from it. And so he brings her to this, this point in their discussion. And I like when I'm, when I'm teaching this about, you know, with regard to, uh, you know, uh, interpersonal discussions with people. You've heard me say, you know, chasing rabbits. She liked to go chase rabbits and try to get him sidetracked on things. But, but he kept bringing her back to the core of, 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 of what he wanted to bring to her, right? And so ultimately he said to her, woman, because she said, we don't know, you know, we worship up here, you all people worship down there, you know, what's really the deal? And he says, woman, that makes me think of Wes, right, woman. Um, he's going to say that one too many times to my sister. But um, woman, believe me, the hour is coming, which means, right, it's, it's, it's upon us. There's a time coming, an hour, which means it's a short period of time. It's coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know for salvation, Christ, is from the Jews, right? But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. And again, you know, you know sit, sit easy. It's, it's beyond. When I, mean, I was younger, man, I, I could have taken this and, and, and half of the discussion was spirit and half of it was accuracy, buddy. And, uh, and, and I, I could pin you. I could pin you with it. But it's beyond that. Worshiping God is not simply about accuracy. Do we get that, church? We don't? Because I've got another message I can add to this. Right? Oh, thank you very much. But, but, but it's true. I used to, and you've heard me say this, I used to have discussions with a, with a brother with regard to the law, right? You know, and, and his position was, well, Jesus had to come because nobody could keep the law. And my argument was, that's not why Jesus came. Okay? And I had, you know, I heard someone, you know, well, Jesus came to make religion simple. That's not why Jesus came. Right? Because my, my, my position was, you could keep the law, but the law, as we're told, does not save you. Simply keeping the letter of the law, do we understand that? Does not bring salvation. Faith through Jesus Christ bring salvation. Yes, church? Okay. I'll keep the second sermon on, on, the, on the back burner for now. But, that, but that's, that's it. it. It's not simply about accuracy of a worship service. Right? And you've heard me say this. I, I, could, I could point out things that we do differently than the first century church. And does that make us wrong? Nope. It's beyond that. It is it is the idea of the truth that is in Jesus Christ. That, the idea of the faith that we find in him. The message that is 
Jesus Christ. Nothing can be elevated, nothing, equal with Christ. Not the law, not traditions, right? Not accuracies. Jesus Christ is the epitome of what we need to be and what we need to put on in, in our lives. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. He says, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. A couple more. John 5. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. And this, again, this is where he's going to develop this idea that, that he is the truth. He, he is beyond just accuracy. He is truth. I can do nothing on my own as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Right? We, we referred to this earlier. A, a gambit of testimony pointing to Jesus Christ. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. And John bore witness to Jesus Christ, who is the truth. He is what God wants us to see and to hear. He is the message, right, of, of salvation, of reconciliation. John then says, or records Jesus saying in John 14, and, and, and this I'll leave with you. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have uh, told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus responds with this poignant statement that is one of the, the, the most well-known statements in Scripture. And he says, I am the way. It's not some road map. It's not something that you get on Google Maps or Apple Maps. Right? It, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no direction where you go and turn here and turn there. We were talking about Andy Griffith here yesterday about they were heading up to the, uh, the Darlings the first time that Ernest T. Bass shows up on the, on the show. And they were telling them how to get there. And they referred to um, the, uh, the Natural General Ely Bridge. And Barney said, I'm not familiar with that on, on the map. And, and uh, uh, it was either Andy or, or Mr. Darlin that said, well, it's, a, it's an old oak tree that fell across the creek. Right? Yeah, he says. But it's, it's, it's not that kind of way. 
right? It's not that kind of way, he says. He says, I am the way. What I've told you, the, the, the life teachings I've taught you, right? The, 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 the aspects of who God is that I've taught you. Right? How to treat one another. You know, the, the, the message of life and of the walk that Jesus brought to them is, is the way. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is the embodiment of it all. He is the truth. Right? He is the message, the story of Jesus. Right, the manifestation of Jesus is, is the truth. It is the message that God wanted to bring to the people so that they could find their way through him back to the Father. And he says, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's why I say it's, it's beyond simple accuracy because you can be as accurate as you want. But if you don't know if you don't know the Christ, you don't know the Father. That, that makes me think of one more, just to help drive the point home. Matthew 7. There's no slide for it, fellas. Matthew 7. Right? And, and this is, this is a, a, one of the glimpses of judgment that we get, similar to what we see in Matthew 25, right, with the sheep and the goats and, and, and the idea of, of the things that you, and we were talking in class again about the things that you don't do, right, Duke said that scares him, right, James 4, 17, the things that you don't do, um, and, and Matthew 25 discusses that, I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink, I was naked and you didn't give me clothing, right, and so here, some people are telling Jesus their, their story, you know, about the things that they, that they did, right? About, you know, fulfilling some aspects of, of, of accuracy. Um, and, and so, <clears throat> verse 21, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, which is invoking, right, his, his name, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many of you will say to me on that day, Well, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? All great things. Nothing wrong with them. And his response was, I will declare to you. I will make it very clear. A declaration, I will make it clear to you that I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And he goes on to talk about the, the two foundations, the rock and the sand. God's word, Christ's message. Those that put on his message are able to stand firm in the torrent, in, in the storm. And so he is, he is the embodiment of, of truth that we need to place on us. You've got to start with Jesus or none of the rest 
None of the rest will matter. It, it will be folly. Um, it will be incomplete. It will be an exercise, as, as my dad used to say, an exercise in futility, which when you think about that is, um, is, is a very poignant thing to say, to, to exercise futility, to practice futility. And so imagery, as we embark upon this, the first thing that you do is you start with Jesus. You've got to put on the truth that is Jesus. And then from that point forward, you can build out the things that are necessary in order to be able to stand in his might and in his strength. And so work on that this week. Make sure that you have the belt of truth, which is Christ, right? His message, the message of his gospel um, in, in your life. And then we'll, we'll build the rest out later. If you're here and uh, have any need today, we would invite you to come. If you've never put Christ on in baptism, we would uh, implore you to do so. And if there are any other needs that you have, whether now or later, uh, we would encourage you to, to let us know as we stand and Robert leads us in song.